ti lo que viniera de ti. Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode number 70 for Sunday, September 21st, 2014. I'm Nelson DeWitt. And I'm John Younger. And I'm Lindsay Welch. We are the team behind the upcoming documentary film Identifying Nelson Buscando a Roberto. So we are back from a week off. We, we missed our first week in about a year and a half. I'm proud of you, Nelson. <laughs> I've been I've been angling for a week off for a while now. <laughs> well, we we had a week off, and the reason for that is uh, because of jury duty. I was selected to be on a trial, and that is part in part the the subject of today's podcast, which we'll get into in a in a moment. Uh, I joke just because uh, I've been telling him for a little while that you know maybe we could have a week off every now and then. Yeah. Well, you know, before we get into today's uh, podcast, I, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I was at Aurora, New, New York a couple weeks ago, and I gave a presentation, showed some of the film, and I, I talked about the rest of the parts of the film that I couldn't show on screen. And what I realized is that the, the podcast has helped me especially just understand the entire film, what we're trying to say, all the big points, and everything that goes on in it. So I, I'm really glad that we have been doing this for a year and a half. Even if, if only a couple people listen, that, that's perfectly fine because um, it's really helping me get a get a handle on the information. I don't know about you, John, but, but that's the way that I feel. Yeah, and sometimes it's way more than a couple people. Yeah. I, yeah, certainly along the way, it's been great to talk to everyone we've talked to, um, and there's a broad range of, of people that have shared their time with us and their stories, and uh, yeah, it definitely helps just on a weekly basis introduce different perspectives and help us. You know, it, It's been interesting you know, in editing these to hear myself or yourself talk and hear our stutters or hear our equivocating, and it, it over over time, it's helped, I think, not use I think too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's helped to uh, recognize about speaking and, and, and uh, having an opinion and being concise and forceful and stopping before, so, before you ramble. Well said. So today's episode is we're, we're going to talk a little bit about something that, that came up while I was on jury duty, and I don't want to get into the specifics of the case, but it was a, a moment when I was sitting on the, the jury panel, and uh, it was kind of before the case had started and before evidence had really been presented, and I, I just had this realization that you have the, the plaintiff and the defendant, and each side wants so, their own form of justice, let's say, that each have a concept of what is the right outcome of this trial, and uh, and you are as a jury, you're put in the positioning of picking sides. Which which is, John, you were talking, uh, we were talking before the show, and you said it's a, it can be very emotional, and it was. So there's there's consequences to what you decide. Somebody can right. go to jail. Yeah. Or somebody could go free and, and somebody who potentially is a victim or or isn't, you know, has to deal with that. Correct. 
So all of like this, I think that what it what it made me realize is that perhaps the the idea of justice is a little harder to pin down than I once thought. And I think that uh, it, you know working on this film, we have we have a very strong opinion about sort of what are some of the what should happen as a result to every the events that occurred in Central America, but but finding justice for the families of the disappeared and, and ourselves, like what is what does that mean? In the in the pre-show we were talking and and John you got very animated about you know wanting to make sure that we address this in in the proper way. So I thought we'd start with you and just your thoughts and opinion on on what we're trying to do with uh, the film and how we talk about justice or perhaps more importantly injustice in this case okay well i mean i think that in talking to you it, it's always gut-wrenching to be on a jury and uh and sometimes there sometimes it's not black and white and i think you you may have just experienced that having said that like i, I don't want to take for granted that El Salvador struggles with having a functioning judiciary and uh, and there's a lot of a lot that has one of the highest murder rates in the world and that in part is because people get away with it so I don't want to you know while it while it can be challenging I'm grateful that we have a judiciary and I, when I'm in a jury box it's humbling to uh, have that responsibility I guess that's point a Point B is in in light of you know talking about justice and you having this experience. I think in the film a lot of what we struggle with. I don't think we're trying to impose a all, all of the answers on the situation or, or claiming that we have them. But I think that what we're trying to do is say that a lot of a lot of the evidence is still behind closed doors. In, in these cases of, and there's um, 500 families still looking for children. They're not children anymore, you know, and, and when we went to El Salvador, the president of the country described what happened as heinous crimes committed by the state. So there's not a lot of dispute in some of these cases that very bad things happened and they're still perpetuated today. And I think that what we're trying to do is shed some light on this. And I don't think we're trying to impose our sense of justice well i guess i i i have a sense of justice about it and my sense of justice is that is that um we need to do what we can to be forthcoming in this documentary about what what your family experienced and uh yeah. and i hope that's helpful to people but i think el salvador will find its own answers and and here in the united states I think one of the points of the documentary is we have our own responsibility to be forthcoming about what the United States role was in this tragedy, this, this war. And, and I thought in the pre-discussion you made a great point about, you know, part of the reason I think I was feeling this sort of uncertainty about where justice uh, was going to end up is because the, the trial had just started and, and there wasn't a lot of, you know, the, the facts hadn't been presented yet. And, and your point was that 
you know, maybe our role as U.S. citizens is to help, uh, you know, bring to light some of the facts that have been buried so that people, you know, whether it's in Latin America or America, can come to their own sense of, of you know, what transpired in Latin America. And I think it's, it's hard. So much yeah. of what the United States did in El Salvador, you know, it wasn't, our participation wasn't boots on the ground, we're fighting an, a war with our soldiers. It was a lot of covert activity. And, and I think that the country has had a lot of trouble unraveling and recovering from that. And I think it's its own breed of, of nastiness. And I, I think that, I think that I, I hope that in telling your story, I hope people connect to it. And I hope that people uh, ask some questions of themselves. Um, it was interesting in the, the podcast we did with representative McGovern a few weeks ago that um, we were talking about a Salvadoran colonel that was found living, I think in Saugus, Massachusetts, that, is implicated in massacre of the Jesuit priests in 1989, a seminal event in the war that helped bring it to a conclusion. And, uh, and one thing that representative McGovern said that was really fascinating to me is he wondered how many of these people that we cooperated with during the war that did bad things are here in the U S now, um, as a reward for their participation. And I, I thought, Oh, that, I thought that was a very telling statement. Well, you know, the other aspect of justice that this experience brought up was at one point the judge said rule of law, and it, it kind of made me realize that there are certain situations where what what was done is technically lawful, but does that make it just? And, and to your point about the, the colonel, he is here, quote unquote, legally for you know what we can assume. But is that just? Is that the right thing to do in the situation? Well, and, I think the question has become: Is he here legally? Did he lie on his um, immigration paperwork? Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it, but the other the other situation that came to mind was the uh, general in Guatemala who was charged with um, Rios uh, Mont. Yes. yes, Rios Montt, who was charged with war crimes and who was then convicted, uh, you know, convicted but then the sentence was pardoned by the uh, either the standing military or the standing government. The, the, and the that, current president either vacated or overturned the decision. Um, right. And so while that may be legally, technically acceptable, does that make it just and right? Does it and, not make it a farce? <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know, what, what, is, what does that mean for, for the idea of justice? So th these are all questions that came up because of this experience, and it just, you know, I, it left me with the feeling of, well, we on the, the show have been talking a lot about justice, but, it, you know, in some situations it might be harder to pin down than others. And uh, we wanted Lindsay to come on the show today because she had some great examples of of 
other countries that are searching for justice, but in their own unique ways. And it would be, and while she was talking to us, we just thought it was such a great um, concept, and, and we wanted to have her share some of that on the podcast today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And one thing that really comes up for me again as I'm listening to this discussion is the difference between establishing if there was an injustice that took place and then once you've determined that an injustice has taken place, what does justice look like from there and really looking at it at the two parts. And I have a fair bit of experience over in Rwanda and one thing that I found fascinating over there is that they've really encouraged the community to come forward and support people in owning the roles that they had during the genocide. And they've got these gachacha trials where people from the community get together and a person who committed an injustice during the genocide is able to come forward and own what they did um, and then work with the person who was the victim of the injustice to figure out what solutions work for them. And so quite often it's been people saying, you know, hey, if you'll come over and help me plant my crop the next two years, or if you'll help me repair the damage where my house was destroyed um, during the genocide, and finding ways to both own the truth process and, um, and then figure out justice that works for the people. And I think a big part of that is is being able to own their truth of what happened rather than encouraging people to sort of hide and twist the truth. Yeah, I, I think that idea of owning the truth is an important one and not something that has really been, has taken place in El Salvador. You know, it, it had to be, it was um, a president from the FMLN that had to publicly apologize for the atrocities of the war. Relating to this, I mean, it's amazing to me how many countries have now been trying to reconcile their past rather than creating a justice committee, they're creating truth commissions or truth and reconciliation commissions and really valuing the importance of finding out what really happened, which goes back to Nelson, your idea of just wanting more information about what happened. I really believe that it, it helps you make a more informed decision about what happened the more you know and when you're when you're starting from a place where you you don't know anything about the the I don't want to say the facts but but what happened it makes it a lot harder to sort of determine that and and I think you you know that's a great point about uh, maybe maybe it's not necessarily about justice and and punishing people but it's more about having having an open and honest discussion about the events that transpired and how do you make it right from there because there is an existing injustice which is 500 families are still looking for their children that that were addressed right it's interesting in that like if an american asked me and watched the film and was moved and says what could i do what we can do is is try and be forthcoming in our own society about these issues you know, the United States in, in the 1980s had a lot of involvement with the Civil War in El Salvador, but most of it was covert. Interestingly, the, the country of 
there's an article I read recently, the country of Brazil is going through a tr truth commission process this year. And, and one of the things the article pointed out is that in Brazil, when a lot of government repression happened, the United States was very well aware of it and has good documentation for who did what. And couldn't we be more forthcoming about providing that? So I think the same is relevant in El with with the disappeared children of El Salvador. I'm curious, Nelson, with with all this talk about justice and injustices, do you have a sense of what justice might look like for you in this? I don't think I do. I, I, I think it's a tough question for me to answer for two reasons. You know, one is this this new experience of of being on a jury and you know being part of the justice system but the other part might be because I've never really thought about what you know what does justice mean for me I think growing up I was just happy to have my family to be reunited with them to have a, a sort of a second chance at getting to know my sister my brother my younger sister my father you know, all all the members of my family that I didn't get to know growing up. So I never really needed to look for more outside of that. So this whole concept of what does justice mean for me, I think, is something perhaps that I'm still wrestling with. In Tsuyapa's case, maybe it's a little clearer for her, or she has a better sense because she has not had some closure with it, whereas meeting my family, while it opened up a lot of questions, it also helped uh, me heal emotionally with other parts. You know, one thing you had in common with Suyapa is that she has no guarantees of closure because her her family members are still missing, and she's conducted a, a heroic, unbelievable search. But um, you had that in common with her, and, and I thought you two related over over. Your mother has still disappeared. I mean, that's. Do you have feelings about if justice would entail some type of answers? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, my my mother talks about this on on tour a lot, but when she was starting to write her book. Missing Mila, Finding Family. She interviewed both Ava and myself. We sat together, and she asked us, you know, do you want to know what happened to your mother? And Ava's response was very quickly, you know, there, there are some questions that you don't want to know the answer to. And I haven't quite decided what, where I lie on that issue, but, you know, it, her point, I think, is that when is enough is enough for, for you as an individual or a family, and when do you need more? And what Lindsay was talking a little bit about was that in some cases, the, you know, not, not over-seeking punishment for the, the acts is actually leaves the person happier than if they, you know, were, were, Convicted, you know. There's something about the idea of forgiveness and um, and coming to terms with what happened, rather than seeking a punishment for what happened. And 
like I said, I, I'm still kind of working through that, and I don't know would I want to find out what happened or not, you know, or, or would you like, I mean, one of the things that was very emotional for me in the film is when you, you talk about you, your morning at the wall and yeah. would, would you like for there to be a grave? Yeah. I don't know. I have never really thought about it. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the, you know, I, I think it goes back to, uh, the beginning of my answer, which is, you know, I for for most of my life I've been so happy just to have met my family and to have spent time with them that uh, the idea of of seeking justice never really crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. That might that might be a good place to end it. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. And thank you both for being here and uh, for all the work that we're, you know, we're doing on on the film and on this podcast and thank you at home for listening. Thank you. All right, thanks for being here, Lindsay. And we will see you next week. Mm -hmm.